When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's the birthday boy. Happy birthday. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? 22. You're old. Yeah, I'm getting older. I'm getting old. (laughs) In NBA years, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Gonna take it. Legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, now pleased to welcome into the Ryan and Goodman podcast none other than uh, maybe the most social person I've ever met. And that is Boston Celtics forward Grant Williams. And uh, first of all, happy birthday, Grant. You are 22 years young today. Yes, I am. I guess that's old in NBA terms. But outside of that, I'm feeling great. Yeah, you never get drafted, you know, at 22. You'd have to beg and plead to draft an old guy like a 22-year-old. They made a big fuss out of OB Toppin this year. He was 22. That is crazy. But Oh, my God. I just thought about it. Thanks for telling me. For one, thanks for wishing me happy birthday. But two, I was a 22nd pick, and that was my 22nd birthday. So oh, like, I like that. Symmetry. Little, little symmetry. All right, so what, what are the big plans? I mean, birthdays right now, Thanksgiving, like all these holidays, it's so different. You're in Boston. Um, you're, you're working out before you guys start camp up here in, in a few weeks. What, what do you do for your 22nd birthday these days, Grant? Honestly, I'm probably just going to help Peyton move in. I saw I went down to the package room and realized that everything in the room was Peyton Pritchard's name. And <laughs> you know, I was like, I gave I'm giving I gave him a call and I was like, yeah, let me just help you with all this because I'm guessing he's moving in today. So being able to uh, be there for a friend is always good. So I'll probably do that. And then we have a team meeting tonight on Zoom. So uh, I got a pretty fill fill birthday. No, that, that's not much, Grant. That moving Peyton in, carrying boxes in is not exactly how I bet you anticipated spending <laughs> your 22nd birthday this year. Hey, it's an exciting time. Let's just say that. We're uh we're it's a unique situation. Normally I'd be probably be going to dinner or something like that, but um something that I'll probably I'll FaceTime my family. That's that's another thing. FaceTime my family, uh open up the gifts that they mailed, and mm-hmm. then that's about it. Now, did you have any prior relationship with Peyton at AAU or going back? He's a West Coast guy. I didn't actually, but we both are nerds and we both enjoy the same like board games and card games hanging out. So when he first got drafted, the first day he was here, we played Catan together, which uh-huh. was like connection from Tennessee as well as he played at Oregon. And then I Carson. Like played- I, would take, I was going to ask you, I was the 22nd time out here. I, you jumped the gun here. I was going to ask you if he had any relationship to music because I know with you now it's rather important. Yeah, so um, musically, I know um, we're we're very much nerds. I feel like Aaron's more of the music music person, so Aaron and I connected that way. And then Peyton and I were board board games. So like when Carson Pey- Carson and Peyton knew each other from USA team, mm-hmm. and they were hang they were originally about to hang out. We were like, hey, let's all just do it in the group, and we hung out together, played cards, and 
uh, got food and kind of just talked talk a, a little game about the next uh, how the season will go mm-hmm. and with, whether it's like being a rookie, give them a little pointers. And yeah. uh, there's some great guys. So I'm excited to, to see what they have moving forward, especially with training camp coming around the corner. How, how excited are you to find another board game nerd that can play Catan? I mean, this is big for you. Huge. This is, this is big time. So actually we taught um, Aaron how to play. He was willing to learn. And we're probably going to teach Taco and Carson and a couple others. So we actually might have a, a new and improved uh, roster, let's just say, when it comes to Catan. Is there any trash talk possibility brewing between you and Aaron? Over oh, absolutely. Volunteers trash- <laughs> I definitely trash talked him when the first day he got here. We were around everyone. They didn't realize that. that yeah, I'm so shocked was, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know that that game was against Aaron. So, like I said, that's why on Twitter, the first, I think someone tweeted at me saying, take care of Aaron, yada, yada, Tennessee fam, yada, yada. And I said, I will. I'll make sure to all 43 points of it as a joke. <laughs> and uh, I tease him about it all the time. He's like, well, you guys know you should have won that one. And I'm just like, hey. Uh, we we did. We ended up being number one in the country. So, what what do you think of Aaron now that we got you talking about him for a minute? I mean, you saw him uh, his freshman year, Mandy. This past year, he only played about half the season. But man, did he shoot the hell out of it! Yeah, he's he has a uh, ratchet, is what they say nowadays. I guess uh, he can shoot the piss out the ball. Uh, <laughs> shoots with the seams, without the seam. You can throw it to him on his feet. He probably could kick it in. So. I'm excited to see how much that helps us as a team because I guess that's something that guys felt felt that we were lacking last season and being able to have that threat from the outside, the lethal threat, the way he is, especially off movement, off of, as he self-proclaimed, best shooter in the draft. So um, I'm I'm with it. Listen, I'm not arguing with that. I said the same thing. Listen, when you shoot 52% uh, from three or whatever he did, even in 14, 15 games, that's like tough to do. 11 attempts. It wasn't like it was like six attempts or three attempts a game. It was, right. it was up there. So I'm excited to uh, actually see him in action. Uh, we're not allowed to do much as a group right now, but seeing him just being able to spot shoot and shooting off the move and stuff that he's doing in his workouts, I've been super impressed with him and Peyton so far. You should show him tape. You should show him tape, Grant, of your early season three-point stroke from when you, <laughs> when you started out last year, 0 for 25. I don't think that he, he would want to take pointers on that. I think that's something you could show him not to do and something like that. But how do you feel about yourself now? I was, he kind of anticipated my question. Having gotten beyond that, having done what you did afterward, I mean, uh, you know, how, as you look forward to this season, then how you can implement the three-point shot into your game? I'm excited. Um, I felt like – after I made my first three, uh, I think kind of just the pressure came off and that showed what type of shooter I actually was. I think towards the end, it's or going after I made my first one, I shot, I think, 40% or 39% from there moving forward and then 50 something in the playoffs. So um, I just hope to continue to improve and continue to not only just uh, improve my consistency of my shot, but also the volume because I feel like I shot one or two a game maybe last year. And being able to not only knock down and take a look, couple more will hopefully expand not only the offense for Jason and those guys, but also give me a, a chance to crack this rotation and, and uh, be one of those vital key guys. What was the biggest adjustment for you last year? Now looking back on it, having a year to kind of look back, coming from college where you absolutely dominated most of the game, you know, <laughs> where you dominated was inside of 15 feet, though. Um, what was the biggest adjustment for you? I feel like the biggest adjustment that not many people really realize is going from a person that has the ball in their hands all the time to uh, then having to 
at the spur of the moment be able to perform. And that's something that I was never really used to. I remember back in high school, I, I had done it before, but back then I was kind of, it was comfortable because something I had done before, even, even when I did have the ball in my hands, I was still creative and made plays, but uh, going to just shoot, just shoot uh, threes was definitely difficult at, at, at the beginning. And I started being more, becoming more comfortable and actually understanding my role within the offense, not only just motion and understanding what the, the team would need. I feel like that's something that's huge as well as the speed part of the game, because defensively I felt like I was a step behind in the beginning of the year. And that's something that I really worked on throughout the entire season one for my coach, Brandon Bailey. And I have to give him a lot of credit because um, I improved in the, not only my numbers, but also um, just, I feel like as a player. Well, it seems to me they're asking an awful lot out of you defensively since you've been uh, guarding everybody from postmen to, you know, that guy knows what. I mean, you know, but you really have to, to, uh, guarded a, a range of people already in your rookie year. Is this the way it's going to be forever to tell you this or do you think this or what? I mean, that you're going to be this kind of a queen on the chessboard defensively? Yeah, I feel like I'm just a Swiss Army knife. I'm a guy that you can throw in anywhere. He should be okay. Um Put me on the point guard, I feel like I'll be able to defend. Put me on the center, I should be able to hold my own. And something that I guess I have to make a mark of my whole career. There's not many guys within the league that can really say they can do that. And I feel like I've proven that I can do it um, at spurts. But being able to do that consistently is something that, if you can expand on, will not only hopefully keep you in the league, but also um, uh, do a good job of helping you perform and and be able to be a a key vital player. So uh, I think that's something that – they may need, they may ask me to do. I'm here for whatever the coach needs or or wants. So um, honestly, if they if they choose to and say, hey, go guard Joel Embiid, then go guard Ben Simmons, then go guard Seth Curry, I guess I have to do it all. You're not complaining. Not you, complaining you never do. I mean, that's you can't, right? I mean, you do whatever they ask you to do. We had Brad on the on the podcast last week, and we kind of made fun of him to some degree over the fact that he he would let Bob shoot threes if Bob was on the team. I mean, everybody has the green light. How, how is it to play for a guy like that, Grant? Because not every coach is that way. Oh, for sure. He encourages you to um, help the team by not only making those shots, because when you make them, it creates not only uh, spacing for other guys to do what they, they really are really good at. And it also um, allows you to stick on the court because if you can knock down an open three, even a contested three, it, um, it's, it's, it's hard to do in this league. The line a little bit further and uh, something that you can set and make your mark in your career. So um, it's, it's encouraging to have a person who encourages you and tries to support you and, and keeps you keeps your head up no matter what's going through. I remember my whole 0-25 stretch. He just said, you're better shooting this. You know it. Just keep shooting. And it when all oh, they fall, and next you know, when I made my first one, I just continued on that track. Because some guys would have said, hey, you know what? Done. Like, at, at 0 for 22, they might have been like, hey, Grant, you know what? This isn't helping us. Like, no right. more threes for a while. He was the opposite? He was the opposite. He was encouraging me to shoot more, actually. And that's something that I'll always be thankful for. I thought I was going to be Zaza, though. Zaza Pachulia for 31. <laughs> when you were recruited, I did a little research. Uh, Coach Barnes said that he saw a P.J. Tucker in you. Now, A, did that mean anything to you at that moment? B, does it mean anything to you now? <laughs> um, I love P.J. as a player. Um, his game, his competitiveness, his do- like he's a dog, he's a tough person. And something back then where I, I kind of took it as an edge thing because, you know, being a North Carolina kid, you're always like, hey, you see me as P.J. Tucker, but I'm going to be better than him. And that's something that I talk Coach Barnes all the time. And um, 
it's something that you look at Peter Tucker in the, in the league. He's made a name for himself because of his defensive presence, because of his uh, corner three point stroke, and uh, being able to be a guy who can do the same thing that I was talking about: be, guard a guy like Joel, and then go guard Steph Curry or go guard whoever else. So um, I'm, I have tremendous respect for him. He's the OG, honestly, because he's what thirty, I think thirty six now, thirty five maybe. And to look up to him as well as a guy like Draymond and those guys, those are the guys who made it possible for me to be here. So I'm thankful for a guy like PJ. And uh, honestly, looking back then and now, I just got to say that um, it's definitely something that I'm thankful for Coach Barnes. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay a game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving. And that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and they do it fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash good. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash good. Terms and conditions apply. When you were growing up, uh, did you have a one of those Carolina colleges that you would like to have played for? Um, I feel like I grew up a Carolina fan just because of my brother's teammate, Kennedy Meeks, went there as well as um, I didn't know much about Coach K because academically I loved Duke as a school. So it kind of was like a two-edged, dual-edged sword. I loved the school of Duke better, but I loved the program of Roy because I was like, ah, oh, Kennedy's going there, so it must be a good team. Like, he's had guys like this this, this name or whoever. Michael Jordan went there too, so, like, that's not a bad university. Okay. And, and next thing you know, so that was probably the one – but I remember they told me my freshman year that I was too small. And then my junior year, they tried to recruit me again. And it was way too late because it was like, I was probably their eighth option, not even eighth, probably 20th option. So um, looking back on, I was like, dang, it would have been nice to go to a, a home state school, stuff like that, play for a blue blood. But I feel like I made the right choice. You know, I feel like we were, we, we were right. Who else was in it with for you? It was Tennessee, Yale, Princeton, Harvard, and um, Richmond. Those were my five. I didn't have – Tennessee was my one lone high major offer outside of Boston College, which just went 0-16 or 0-18, whatever it was, the previous year, yeah. which is not, not, not a shot. You would have had a spot, you know that. <laughs> I would have been able to play. That's something that I would be able right to say. Away. It would have been me, Kyron Bowman, and Jerome, so that would have been a great – Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we would have won some games, but – I feel like the Tennessee decision was the one I made. Yeah, I mean, Bob, the, part of the the way that Grant ended up at Tennessee was uh, he's from Charlotte, and the assistant, Des Oliver, who's now at Tennessee, at that point was at Charlotte, got hired by Rick Barnes. And Des basically convinced Rick 
right, Grant, for the most part early on. I was about to say, I don't even think they knew who I was or what type of player I was going to be. They don't even think they really had faith that I was going to end up doing what I was doing. And they, I feel like they were just they, – they were a little bit more excited about a guy named Jalen Johnson in my class and John Fulkerson, who were both tr- phenomenal players. Jalen's at Wake now, and then Folky is killing, crushing it at Tennessee. So um, I was kind of like that back end where I was like, trust me. Coach Oliver said, put your trust in me, and, and I hope this guy will perform. And – I th- don't think they made a mistake. They, they did not. So, so you like to talk. We we know that. Uh, we we've had several conversations, Bob, in the locker room pregame, um, <laughs> where we're talking, and and literally the the PR staff's got to tell me to like get out, and I'm like, listen, Grant's still we're talking, not, like, like, say, we're like we're yelling talking. him, not me. But what, give me a moment last year when you're uh, liking uh, to talk caught, got you in trouble. With the staff, with Brad, was there ever a moment where Brad was like, "Hey, Grant, you know what? Like, shut up." Um, there was definitely a moment. Uh, I'll say, I'll say one of the two. The first, I'll give you a hint about. It was I definitely tried to speak up in that whatever meeting we had or whatever it was after game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. Definitely told shut the fuck up then. <laughs> but um, before then, I got told to be quiet because I kept trying to like explain how how it worked like how this team played and stuff like that and they're like you just got here like how do you know how this team is gonna play or how this player does this and I was like I'll just try to help I'm sorry so I definitely got a got a couple of shut-ups uh Tyson's told me shut up a couple times um just because I'll be on the court trying to call out someone else's play and he's like just let the play happen we kind of we kind of know what's coming but you don't have to call it out what's coming and like there's a clip of me at in the Eastern Conference Finals screaming at Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson for a play. And I was like, yeah, uh, those, those are the points where you're like, okay, Grant, sometimes you talk a lot. I love it. I love it, Grant. Uh, I think everybody loves it. You, 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 you take the locker room to a different level. I, I mean that, I mean that in a great way. Like you loosen it up, you have fun and you weren't there the year before. But that locker room, the, the last couple of years before you got there, and I'm not putting it all on you, but I think you and Taco certainly helped. Kemba is Kemba. He's not the most vocal guy in the world, as you know, from right. living with him. But, um, but Kemba's just always smiling, always. Like, you right. never see Kemba without a smile on his face. So I think the three of you took the locker room to a, a completely different level and I think really helped the, um, the chemistry of the team, uh, to be honest. so Thank you. That's my Hopefully, two let's keep that up and uh, have a great year moving forward. <laughs> you still listen to Coltrane before a game? Uh, yeah, I listen to New Edition. I listen to everybody. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Coltrane. Coltrane is probably from my grandfather. Actually, he just sent me home with um, – where is it? That's my gift. It's in my bag. Um, <laughs> I'll be right back. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he sent me home with – here we go. <laughs> Some sheet music. Uh-huh. Uh, Coltrane. Coltrane. Best song, one of his best, Giant Steps. Oh, Giant Steps. I know. That's your old, your old standby. That's yes, exactly. Know. So he sent me sent it back and said, give it to Taco, because I know Taco wants to learn how to play. And yeah, so he sent me back with Giant Steps, and he says, you can sing, too, along to it. I'm, like, I'm not about to sing with you guys. but <laughs> Come on. Nothing? Threw, you don't got anything? Uh, no, no, no. Nothing. It's my birthday, so I don't feel inclined. All right, all right. Back we'll, with, we'll let you off the hook. 
Brian McKnight's uh, Moody's Move for Love. That's another one he sent me back. Oh, yeah. with, so. so those are the two that I have here with my little keyboard to the side of me. And hopefully I can learn how to play both of these to a high level. <laughs> by, by dinner time, you mean, right? right? By dinner time, maybe not, but I hopefully, hopefully by breakfast, maybe. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. I'll hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> you and Taco still doing your podcast? You going to do that this year or no? Yes, that's the plan. So right now we're actually in the process of basically, I guess, negotiations. So like, uh, we're seeing how it goes. COVID kind of, kind of shut a lot of stuff down, but um, we're definitely excited and trying to try. We actually have a lot of equipment now, so we're we're going to be hopefully get get it rolling, stepping it up. Which on-court skill of of any of your teammates dazzled you the most? Um, The on-court skill that dazzled me the most, other other than Tice blocking shots without looking at them, um, that's something that that gets me every time where he, like, turns his head and just jumps and then will, like, for some reason get the ball. But um, I feel like just Jason's flow to his game. Like, he has a nice pace where – you kind of just kind of like dance with him. He looks like he's dancing on the court. And it's like boom, boom, behind back, behind the back. And next thing you know, he's, he's off to the side with his little slick sidestep. And the three is up. Or even just Jalen's athleticism. Um, Kemba's ball skills, another thing. Like something where he, I guess it's, maybe it's an advantage being lower to the ground. I, I kind of give him to that. Him <laughs> and Tremont have a little hitch where they can like hesitate and come off. But the way that he just – he'll come down, have the ball on the ground, but won't stop on a dime, mm-hmm. and you'll close out and you'll almost fall and he'll go right by you. So those those three are definitely the ones. And then I miss Gordon because of his ability to not only just see the court and just feel the game. He's He was one of those guys where, like, he made, he was deceptively athletic, but at the same time it looked like he was just kind of playing the game. And uh, I feel like those four definitely have each where some things that I admire. Okay, flip side, which opponent made you go, oh, my God, which opponent when I played Dame the first time he had he he definitely schooled me a couple couple ways um Chris Middleton was the first guy I could say that messed me up but the next game I thought I did well against him um but Chris Middleton for sure and then LeBron oh LeBron because it's LeBron and next you know he made a pass that guy in LA right LeBron that, that's that guy in LA oh, yeah. that's that some guy in LA I don't know yeah, yeah. yeah. dirty guy yeah Mm-hmm. So next thing you know, where he's in the corner, and he made a pass to Kyle Kuzma. I remember it to this day, where he was getting double teamed because he had just spun on the baseline. Yeah, they got it. The baseline was right to his side. He made a right-handed like flip pass across the court at full pace and hit it directly in his pocket. And I was like, okay, that's how you know his ability is just there. Like I would not. I don't know if anyone else could make that pass with the the stress that was there, as well as the amount of time on the clock, like it was one of those you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> those are probably the three I would say, say had me like in a wow moments. And one more question for me, for sure. For the record, how tall are you? For the record, I am 6'6". In my opinion, people can say 6'7 due to shoes. But 6'6 six, six is the, is the height that I would probably go with just because it's the honest height. Just keeping that in mind, people, when they put him up to, to guard Joel Embiid, yes, it's which they do. So I've got I've got everything. Keep that in mind. I want people to understand what everything we're from six three to like <laughs> six eight and six. I'm like, where is these heights coming from? All right, <laughs> so I got one for you. All right, so we got the height. I want to know the vert. 
Grant, what's the vert? <laughs> the vert? Oh, dear. Uh, you know, it's a smooth, smooth 52. Um, 52. Just, that's something that I jump out the gyms, what people tell me. Um, I don't know. I got compared to Jordan once at Sky Across the Air. But um, have I've you done vertical since the- I haven't done I haven't done vertical in forever. But uh, let's just say it's it's not as high as you may think. But I definitely block shots, so it works out. That's that's I'll just say let's just let's go with that. Yeah, standing reach. You got you, you're long. We'll give you standing, the length. We'll give me length. Yeah, we'll give me we'll give me length and the ability to challenge shot. No doubt, no doubt. All right, let, let's go a, a couple things. Let's start with Gordon. Let's start with Gordon and and how much his loss will affect this team going forward and how it will. Well, uh, Gordon's a, a great person, uh, even better player. And um, we'll definitely miss him as a, in terms of the camaraderie he brings. He brings a nice little uh, off-beat off personality where it's like he's not super talkative, but he's not quiet. And then you respectfully says he's a like deep voice. And uh, so we'll definitely miss that. We'll definitely miss his play style. He's a guy that led the second unit. He was a guy, or even the first unit when he was, when he was going. So um, we're definitely going to miss him, but I think that it creates opportunities for a lot of guys on this team to um, step up and perform and show, I guess, what they, what they can. And, and, and they're opening up opportunities for myself, Romeo, um, the new new guys, as well as Aaron Neesmith and those guys, and, and maybe expand Smart's role a little bit as well. So um, I think uh, we're in a good spot. I think that we'll miss him, but at the same time, I think that we have the ability to to um, step up in his place. You give him any Charlotte uh, spots already? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, gave him – I texted him this whole paragraph of, like, if you need anything, whether it's, like uh, – uh, schools for the dog like for kids because i know schools there i know places that you want to go or places you want to eat you know gordon's response is probably just like a little he texts me a little thing and i was like oh, okay i love i love g i'll give him a call probably when he gets down there and settled and um give him a couple more recommendations but i probably sent a longer list than probably needed let's just say that yeah no surprise <laughs> uh kemba let's move on to kemba um, you, you were with him a lot before the bubble, right? You guys lived together. Yeah. We, we were, I stayed hit, stayed with him for like three, three months. Yeah. Like, Two first months. of all, before we get on to Kemba and, and the health issues, which I want to ask you about, like, okay, what was that like? Because Kemba doesn't say much. You oh, don't, yeah, like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't say much when I'm relaxed. So like when I'm in my, I typically like, you can ask anyone when I'm in my apartment or when I'm, I'm just. Honestly, lazy. I'm a different person. I'm social in social settings, and then when I'm I'm pretty much an introvert when I'm on my own. So, uh, Kimba and I worked out really well because like every now and again we come down, may play video games, may sit down, play trouble cards or whatever, and then outside of that, we're kind of just kind of living life and doing our own thing. So, uh, he's one of my close close friends on the team, closest friends on the team, and um, definitely one of the guys I'm thankful for. He's my OG, elite level person. Elite level yeah. person, Kim. Always has been. I've known him since he was in AAU ball. Um, how how healthy was he in the bubble last year? Could you tell? Did you talk to him about it? Obviously, right now, uh, we talked to Brad last week, and, and he pretty much said without saying it that he's probably not going to be ready or he doesn't think he's going to be ready maybe for the start of the season. So how hard is this watching Kemba in the bubble not being probably 100% and still kind of getting over this this knee issue? Honestly, it shows his heart. It shows, like, for all the fans that were crushing them and stuff like that, like, I just never really understand that because 
um, for one, the type of person he is, and for two, the type of player that he he has shown that he has been. He stepped up in games where we needed him to. But um, you definitely can can like as Brad was basically saying, like you can definitely tell he may miss a couple couple a little bit of time, but. Um, I know that he's a fighter. I know he's going to uh, get back to who he is and show, show the, prove the world of why he was considered one of the top point guards in the league, if not like arguably one of the top, top three or four. So um, I'm just super, super stoked for him and, and his, his process and excited to have him back. But I know that when we were in the bubble, like we had to step up around him and it wasn't, it wasn't just, it wasn't Kimball's fault. It wasn't anybody's fault. One individually, like we had got guys who were banged up. Gordon had his ankle thing, uh, but that can't discredit the Miami team. They did beat us and um, they're definitely a, a talented group of young, young players. So I'm excited to see how this, this league will move moving forward. NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at bet online. No matter how schedules change or players that play, BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere else on BetOnline. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I got to ask you about another teammate on the court. Were you prepared for Marcus Smart? <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone's prepared for Smart. I try to get the, <laughs> the rookies the best uh, description of how Smart is and, who, and his personality. And uh, let's just say that I love Smart. He's the, I think he's one of the one of those good guys that uh, definitely has like a little bit of a, a, a edge. Let's just say a little bit of an edge. Good guy for the edge. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> just a little little edge. I said he got to have opponents thinking, where is he? Every second on the court. <laughs> Right? Yeah. You come, where is he? Is he? Is he? Is he you know, I, I think it would have that effect on people. I feel like as a quarterback, so when you snap the ball and you know you can't go to a certain guy because he's covered by like the elite cornerback or elite DB, and you're like, yeah, I'm just not even gonna look that way. That's how it is with Smart. You kind of just like whoever he's on, like let's just go away from that person. Like he might be the best player in the world. Like you might put uh, somebody that may be the number one player on earth, and next thing you know, you're like, ah. I, I still might take smart in that batch up. So I'll pass it off to uh, the, the second best on our team. So uh, definitely, definitely huge smart fan. He right, made my, go ahead, Bob. I was going to say, I always say to people, uh, he leads the league in one category. It'll never be tough. And that is most alley-oop passes intended for seven-foot Greeks intercepted. He did <laughs> two years ago. I, Very I, true. That was my favorite play of the year. That, 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 he leads the league in that category. <laughs> yeah, I can agree. So your your locker your locker is next to Tatum's, um, which I find kind of funny because again, Tatum is chill all the time, super yeah. chill. Um, yeah. What do you get on him about? Like what what can you get on on Jason about now that you? Because I know you do. I know there's something that you go at him at and make fun of him and, and get him going about. What is it? Well, for sure. I have a lot of things with Jason. Like I, 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 that's my guy. Like I've known him for a while. He's best friends with, with one of my best friends in the past. And that became, helped us become close when we got to the team. So um, definitely one of those where it's like, I can just, I can annoy him quick. If I, if I felt like it, I can like learn how to talk. Like there's things that I'll do. Like I remember there was one time where we were in the bubble, how I kept challenging him and contesting him. And not many, I feel like there's not many guys who would want to do that, but with me, I was just doing it. He said, "Hey," he told Javante, "said tell, tell Grant to shut the 
<laughs> and then Javante pulled me over to the side. He'd be like, JC, you want to tell me? You know? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. I said, yeah, I'm not going to shut up. <laughs> so uh, definitely, definitely my dude. Um, he, I think they put me next to him for that reason, uh, because we just goof off. And uh, he knows that everything I talk, talk to him about is coming from the heart and genuine. So, um and I'm hopefully, hopefully I can be Uncle Uncle Grant to Little Deuce, but I don't know if I'm there yet. I don't, I don't know if I'm close enough for that. No, you got to go a little, little longer, little longer. I think I have, I think I have a long process to get there, but you know, like we're, you gotta, we're, just, we're, listen, we're, you got to find out. All you got to do is find out, like what is Deuce like the candy, whatever it is. <laughs> that's how you got to do it. I mean, this isn't that hard, right? It's two, right? So or three? I, mean, yeah, right. I think it's three now. Three now, yeah. So. One more guy we got to ask you about because he's an interesting person as well, and that is Jalen Brown. And and we even start with with, the, with social activism with with uh, you know, let's start with that and with how he's inspired or, or or you know kind of led the way on on your ball club. Yeah, JB is a phenomenal mind. Um, he's a person that um, challenges. I can't kind of feel like everything that's established, and and it's something that you kind of respect about him because it's the truth. Like some things that have been around and you may not have think even thought about once. And next thing you know, you really, you start deep, deeply thinking because you're around JB. You're like, wow, like uh, he's a creative, creative person. And no wonder he's so intelligent. No wonder he picks up information so well. And um, something that I definitely respect about him and his activism. Um, he's a person that stands up and isn't afraid of how it affects him. It's bigger than him. And I think that's a tremendous credit to not only how he was raised, but also um, the, the humility that comes with it. And uh, let's just say I'm, uh, JB is one of those guys where you kind of just, and he's always been open about his, his not only just uh, mental uh, side of not only just mental health, and you just kind of have a, a full-on respect for him as a player. And I think he has that respect across the league. Is there anybody you haven't gotten along with, Grant? Like, I know on the court, you've had your issues, obviously, with guys because of how you play. But again, like, once people get to know you, it's hard for people. Like, have you have you ever, like, literally had it out with somebody? I don't think so. Uh, I think I feel like at times guys can hate me at first because they have to get used to me. Like, I feel like Ty, when I first got to the team, I always felt like Tice just hated me and didn't didn't enjoy having me around and stuff like that and I said look Tice you're gonna get to a point where you're saying that's just Grant and you're just gonna be like that's the person like my mom always had this saying where um will you still love me if I was upside down in the corner with my dress like and like didn't didn't even like and I was like crazy or whatever I said yes mom I'll still love you so like that's kind of how it kind of described not myself I'm not upside down in the dress but I'm definitely the person where it's like eventually you'll just be like, that's my, that's just Grant. He's like a nerd. He's a good dude. Like he means, he means well, like don't take him, don't take him, don't take him too uh, harshly. Grant, Bob, how about this one? This is unbelievable. Anytime uh, anybody asked Grant at Tennessee to go to a game, could have been a soccer, lacrosse, you name it, whatever it was, <laughs> if he could, he'd go. Even last year, he told me he wanted to go. My daughter, played like freshman JV volleyball, like isn't an athlete at all. And Grant's like, tell me when she's playing. I'm going to get there. Now it never happened. Um, but COVID. COVID. Exactly. it was a little bit difficult, but um, are you still doing that? I mean, you can't right now, obviously with COVID, but like, did you do that? Even when, when you got to Boston a little bit, you started- I did it when I got to Boston a little bit, I went to a, a Harvard, a couple of Harvard games. I went to a couple um, uh, high school games around the area. But um, 
due to COVID and everything that kind of, kind of shut everything down, but I still will do it. Like, I feel the same. Like I kind of feel like support is, is, is needed not only just in life, but uh, with everything. So I uh, feel like it's vital, like it's a huge part of, part of everything that's going on and being able to be in, tied into the community and also um, show that you actually care. Like it's something that guys can, can say they do, but being involved and being a person that and puts that, that foot forward is something that mm-hmm. I always try to commend myself on. When you, any rookie enters the league, uh, you honestly a first training camp is you loaded with questions I would think right and so tell me as you enter year two how differently you feel and, and you know what it's done for your confidence level everything else going knowing what you've got this one year under your belt yeah you definitely are a little bit more confident you know what to expect and you're just um, doing it against new guys so um, training camp is going to be exciting because last season it was me going I was excited because I was like I'm about to see what Ennis is like like Ennis Cantor is like a like tremendous offensive rebounder just went to the Western Conference Finals as well seeing JT and those guys in action and and now it's like oh I get to see what Tristan Thompson and his uh, NBA champion and another phenomenal rebounder and then all the guys that I already know as well as Jeff Teague who's an all-star uh, quick dynamic athletic point guard and just the rookies as well I've been playing one-on-one with those guys when I when they first got here like seeing how talented they were and and besides it's just like you're more confident stepping into it you know the system you're not worried about having all these different things you have a place to stay so um, it's definitely more so a little bit of comfort towards it and you kind of just got to approach it and, and hopefully improve as time goes on. What's it like right now, Grant? I mean, again, take me through since the season ended, even uh, how much time you, you shut down or did you even really, you know, take off much time because you guys had a lot of time off. Yeah. You know, better. I took like four days, yeah. um, three days, maybe. But um, then I just got right back to it. Just now, just working out. But uh, basketball, you kind of just do. In that time, you had to find where you could go. And honestly, now it's more so like we're getting used to this regulations of the league of individuals for the first couple of days due to Thanksgiving and guys traveling back and making sure everyone's negative testing wise. But once we're able to start doing team stuff and we can have access to our facility, and then it's full on run. And we play in. Think about it. We play in. 14 days or 13 days or less than that. So Crazy. Um, to be prepared for that within the next two weeks, it's, it's, it's not like we're playing any, any quote bad team. We're playing Philadelphia and Brooklyn. So we're starting off out the gate playing against two of the top teams in the league. So um, it's definitely um, going to be interesting to see how these, these next couple weeks go. Yeah. Tessie, you're going to have a lot of trouble Memorize, uh, your homework assignment is going to be memorizing the 63,000 word memo the league sent out about the COVID pro- protocol. Protocols. Yeah, so, see, I, uh, somebody's going to come to you, to, I know, to say, okay, Grant, what's on page 42? So, uh, <laughs> see, I, I, I said this. I said I can be in charge of certain things, like parts <laughs> of it, but like, don't add, you know, that the full sheet, I'll leave it at Mike Zarin and those guys. They can, they can, they can, they can uh, take care of all that. Zarin will <laughs> condense it. Zarin will get it <laughs> Zara will get it down. Zara will make it make it a, a spreadsheet or or a PowerPoint. That's very true. Very true. He'll uh, and then he'll then he'll uh, write the league with with what he thinks it should be. Right. What should prove? Exactly. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. All right. So your Tennessee Vols. Uh, we we have to get on before we 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 wrap this soon. Um, I got them ranked twentieth in the preseason. Everybody's killing me. Everybody's like, why twentieth? They should be tenth. I know. Listen. 
I know I've heard how good for me, Kimmy English, Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer are. I know they get your boy Fulky back, uh, Eves Pond's back. You know, hopefully Josiah has a better, uh, better sophomore season. He takes a jump. Uh, what do you think of this team? Have you seen these guys? Have you had a chance? I watched, to- them, pra- I watched them practice, and they're talented. They're probably one of the more talented teams that they've had at Tennessee. We've had so far. And it reminds me of kind of that team that won the SEC championship because we had, they had a lot of dynamic guards in that team. But I feel like you kind of just look at the difference. We had a couple of NBA guys as well as pros, and they're going to have the same. And as well as they have Folky, who was who has probably going to get – I hope he gets SEC player of the year. I think he's out, or has a candidate for it. And then they, we have Folky on our team. So I always kind of c- compare the rosters. But um, I think they're going to be really, really good. 20th, I feel like. I can understand why you did that because of their youth as well as the, the, the veteran leadership of Folky and Eve. Like they have to step up and do their thing from a, on a consistent level because Folky was on the back half of the year. Um, so I'm excited to see what they, they perform because I think that that 20 will change to like eight very like really, really quickly after they how, how played. You know, they, they, they got yeah. COVID, so they've been shut down. So, But I had them lower than most. You know, a lot of right. people have them in that 10, 10, 15 range. It's so hard. I mean, you're ranking teams on paper. Um, I think that I think that they have the talent to compete with anyone in the country. I think that um, the coaching is there, so they'll they'll be able to be in any game. Defensively, they're going to be a lot more dynamic because of the amount of how many different ways they can play. They have the, the all the guards they can play, as well as Folky, who can now who can probably switch and defend as well, and then Eve, who can do what he does, as well as the grad transfer in EJ, the new, the other transfer, Victor Bailey, who I've heard a lot of good things about. And I think that they're just going to have a lot of edge on a lot of, a lot of teams because they're not, they're not as deep as we are. And in college, that's huge because um, you can get away with having a non-shooter on the court and non this, that, or whatever. But to, to lose depth is, is hard. When you play five guys or six guys at a top level team, like you, you, they wear out over the course of the game versus if you have eight or nine, like remember we played Gonzaga the last year, we were both pretty deep teams. So it was a very competitive game. Same with those Kentucky Auburn games. Like you look at the all across those teams, no matter if they were pros or not, they were deep all the way down to like the ninth man, 10th man. So I think that's, what's going to separate Tennessee. I think they can really crack that top 10 sooner than you may think. I noticed you were very quick to congratulate those Richmond spiders for their victory over the wild it's a, little, it's, it's a little love love to mooney yeah. love to the to notice that tweet yeah. <laughs> you tweeted it out congrats to richmond yes, wow. he did. Posted, my dad my dad posted the photo of my visit to richmond because mooney was there it was my recruit, recruiter and everything like that so um i retweeted that and retweeted the win but i also retweeted we got to give a little bit of credit to the the post by CHZ, he was um talking about how Kentucky always young, so they always lose in the beginning of the year. I saw that, yes. And then yeah. win. But it feels a little good to very say that. Very diplomatic, very good. Yes, it feels a little good to say that so being a Tennessee guy, being able to say that, you know, Richmond kicked their butt, but I'm sure you're not upset when Kentucky loses. Not at all. But I have a friend on there now. So Terrence Clark, yep. I gotta give him a little bit of love. Yeah, and he's around well. Jalen a, a lot. Right after yeah, that's uh, one of his that's one of his guys. So yeah. um Terrence is a good dude as well as um uh Olivier Sarr, who's friends of uh Eve at Tennessee. So I have to show a little bit of support to those two guys, but outside of that I still want Kentucky. My well, big thing on Kentucky, even this year, and, and and a lot in the past, is they've got all these athletic dudes who can really play. 
they haven't had a ton of like elite level shooters. Yeah, that's something that will always be a crush for them just because um, they have the ability to pound you on the glass, the ability to defend, stuff like that. But you're dealing with a lot of one and done. So typically you're going to have to – you can't really instill that over four years. You, you instill that over two or three years. Like you instill your philosophies and stuff like that. Having someone buy in to defensive rebounding, offensive rebounding is difficult Like to, for anyone, especially if they're coming to be one of the top – the recruits in the, in the in the country so um i think coach cow does a great job of getting those guys towards especially towards the end of the year of understanding the importance and an understanding about it definitely has a learning curve and i think that's what the a team like richmond can take advantage of like elite level or talented mid-major that um has depth and experience and that's that showed and i think that's where a little bit of, that's why i said tennessee can i understand where you have a little bit lower than most because yes they have the talent for it but um, oh, at some time they are young. They're gonna you're gonna have Josiah and like even Folky are gonna quote the two leaders. But then EJ is ten. He's old, but he wasn't with the team. Exactly. And then so you kind of have to understand the whole. There's gonna be a learning curve. It's just a matter of how quick they get out of it, how they respond. And I think that Cal and Coach Barnes and everyone do a great job of it. So um, I'm excited to see. I wish I could have seen that Gonzaga Tennessee game. I know. That would have been that would have been a lot of talent in that court, but. Hey, hopefully we get it in the future. Hey, give me your, your best Rick Barnes prank while I've got you on. Other than the popcorn while I was running on the treadmill, I feel like that story's been told millions of times. But he definitely pranks guys. Like I remember while we were in the, in the uh, on our overseas trip in Barcelona um, or Cambrio on the water, we had these water guns, they're like little water guns. Mm-hmm. And Coach Barnes would just squirt one of our um, – was it Reed or somebody within our program? He would squirt him in the back of the shirt and then duck down, and then like do keep doing stuff like that. So then, guys, we we kind of goofed off with Coach Barnes. So Jordan Bowden, myself, and a couple other guys, we started squirting Coach. So he says, "You know what? I'm just not going to get y'all back right now. I'll get y'all back later." And like his whole like deal. So Jordan Bowden falls asleep. He grabs two water bottles and just pours them all over JB. And then myself, he squirted me in my ear with the water gun. And my ear, sh- like, that whole trip was clogged. I couldn't hear anything the rest of the trip. So I had to get it, like, r- like flushed out and stuff like that when I got back. And it was, let's just say Coach Barnes is a kid in, at heart, no matter how old he is. A kid. Like, like I, I we're going to get him at some point. Um, I want to get him. But people have yeah. told me, if you get him, the problem is, like, Nothing is off limits, Bob. Like, no, if you get no, Rick Barnes on a no. friend, he's going to come back and, like, your wife, your kid, it doesn't matter. He'll Everything's included. Anybody. Everything's included. I remember I debated doing something epic before I left the school, and MC, Mary Carter, advised me not to because she said he will find a way get to it. get you back. And no matter what it is, he will find a way. So you could be millions of miles away. He'll get you back. And I was like, okay, I'm not gonna play this game. <laughs> I was gonna get him with Few. Few and I were gonna we're gonna team up and get him before the, the, the Jimmy V and obviously it never happened. So right. But at some point, you know, we'll 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 get him. We'll get him. Somebody'll get him. Maybe somebody will get you him. and I. Maybe maybe yeah. now now you're a little bit tougher, you're gone. He can't do I, it. I could stand I could stand up. I don't have to run any more seventeens. That's right. That's right. So all right, listen. Uh, happy birthday, Bob. Do you want to do you want to do a quick happy birthday to you? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Grant Williams, the volunteer. Happy birthday to you. 
That is love. I appreciate you guys. Also, your voice. Thank that you. is impressive, right? Yeah, I was about to say. Come on. Really good. You don't want to hear me sing. Whatever you do, we, we're, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go. <laughs> if so. you're a rookie, I'd make you do it. Fortunately, yeah, you, you would. You, you got to get Peyton. You got to get Peyton. Oh, pretty tonight, good. team meeting. Peyton. Going to get here. him tonight? Absolutely. All right. They good. made me do know. it to all the guys last year. They're doing it tonight. All right. Have fun. Happy birthday. Thanks for joining us. And I hope I'll see you in person soon. Thanks for a sure. lot. Thank y'all. Take see care, man. Later. Take care. Thanks, Grant.